This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds. And they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. When you love riding a motorcycle, you want to ride it everywhere, even getting a dental checkup. Mr. Carter, wouldn't you prefer the chair? I'm fine on my bike, Doc. Well, let me know if you feel any discomfort. And when you love saving money, you want to save even more. That's why GEICO makes it easy to bundle your motorcycle and car insurance. All done, Mr. Carter. Remember to brush, floss, and lubricate your drive chain regularly. Kickstart your savings with GEICO Motorcycle. Bundle and save on the things you love. Do you import and export goods in and out of the UK? If so, then look no further for all your logistics and freight forwarding needs than Lila International Logistics, owned and run by West Ham fans. Lila, that's L-I-L-A, International Logistics, provides businesses with affordable import and export rates for sending and receiving products anywhere around the world, whether it be by air freight, sea freight, courier or road freight. Lila provide a bespoke service for shipments so you ain't being passed between departments and you have a direct contact at all times 24-7 for shipments. Check out their website at www.lilalogistics.co.uk for more info. You're listening to the West Way podcast with Dave and X. Oi, oi! Hello and welcome to the West Ham Way podcast with myself, Dave Walker, an XWHU employee. Last week was a special one for West Ham fans, starting with a superb trip to Seville and ending with a big three points against Villa in a game that belonged to Andrei Yarmolenko. We talk about that week and the all-important second leg on Thursday. X will be giving us the latest news before we end the show with questions from Patreon to the West Ham Way. X, last week was a special one for West Ham fans, starting with Seville, a brilliant experience and a result that's not the end of the world going into the second leg. Do you agree? Um, yeah, totally. I agree with both parts. I mean, it was an absolutely amazing experience, mate. You know, when I look back on my time as a West Ham fan and significant moments and events and stuff, then that's definitely right up there. Definitely, you know, three days kind of, um, of just like, pure fun really it was brilliant and um <laughs> and yeah the result we, i said before on last week's show as long as we've got something 
competitive to play for on on this home game, then any result is, you know, obviously you want to draw a win, ideally, obviously, but um, a 1-0 loss is not the end of the world. Get them back to the stadium on Thursday, atmosphere is going to be pumping, and um, I, th- I think we've got a chance, I really do. Injuries are a bit of a problem, but, you know, the actual atmosphere should be amazing. Mm. Starting with the trip, what were your highlights off the pitch? Um, <laughs> not sure how many I can repeat on here. To be honest. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pleased you said that because I think it's best probably some of it <laughs> stays off there. But yeah. yeah, I think so. Some of that can stay for our stories <laughs> in 20 years' time. But uh, yeah, <laughs> I think for now we'll keep some of it quiet. But yeah, I, I just I think the highlights were you know just. Just the fact that, you know, first of all, we travelled abroad. I haven't been abroad since, I think, Vegas. So it was nice just to be somewhere different um, and actually get out of the country. The weather was was brilliant, particularly the day of the game. Um, just the people out there were lovely. Some good, we ate, we ate, we ate well. Um, we, did the, we did a little tour of Seville. That was nice in the <laughs> weather, just to see where we, the city and so on. And then just the fact that every kind of, a hundred yards or so, you just bump into West Ham fans. It was just nice to have a real positive, excited atmosphere um, in in a foreign country. And and credit to the Seville fans, you know they were great with us. And the Spanish people were, was the Germans tried to spoil that on the first night, but that wasn't the Spanish's fault. And just um, yeah, absolutely loved it, mate. Oh, mate, honestly, I know we posted this on Patreon, but that cab journey from the airport. Oh, oh my God. And do you know what? I looked at that video back and I said this to you. I said, it doesn't do it justice. No. But I think the other thing that we should have done and we didn't was catch the driving around the back streets because that Jeez. was fucking horrendous. When it, and for any old school gamers out there, you might remember a game called Colin McRae Rally. And I said that to you, X, because you remember it. And it was like that, wasn't it? No. I mean, we, we, got, we got in the cab. You could tell by his eyes he was a fucking lunatic for a start. But the biggest crack going down the windscreen you've ever fucking seen. What the story is there, I don't know. But he was going Garrett on the motorways. But then we got to the side streets. And the West Ham fans that were in Seville would know this. But down a lot of the side streets, you can just about squeeze your car through it. In fact, a lot of the cars put their wing mirrors in. That's how tight it was. This geezer was fucking burning down those streets, 40, 50 miles per hour X, on a lot of occasions, just one-handed it and all. And people were like Spanish civilians jumping out the fucking way, giving him evil looks. It's the most surreal cab journey I've ever been on. I'm sure you'll agree with that. Oh, totally, mate. You know, I just, I can pitch that one fella that had his kid in his arms. Yeah, that was not that, I'll tell you. Yeah, I mean, honestly, like, it's it's funny to look back on it, but what what the hell was he thinking? I mean, honestly, the way he was driving around those, like you said, narrow roads was just unbelievable. And, like, you can obviously tell that me and you were like, what the fuck's going on here? Because we started (laughs) filming it, we were cracking up, and it turns out that when he actually dropped us off, his English was quite good. So, yeah. like, <laughs> <laughs> having we not spoke to him all the journey, when we actually stopped, he could speak English quite well. So he must have known that we were like, what the hell is going on here? I mean, I don't, like, you know, I, I like to drive at speed, uh, usually on the motorway. I, there's no way I drive anywhere near what he drives like. No. You know, my driving's not even comparable, and you can question that my driving's too fast at times. That was just absolutely obscene, obscene. I've like, not seen how, anything like it. No, mate, neither have I. I mean, we seem to have a bit of a habit with this now because obviously we have one in Ibiza, but this guy completely, mm. completely blitzed Ibiza. And um, yeah, I, I didn't think we were going to make it to the, to, the, to the hotel, to be fair. 
Yeah, I know. We don't have a lot of luck with taxi drivers, do we, in recent times? It was horrendous, but we finally got to our rooms, and you booked yourself an apartment, and I had a hotel room, and I thought when that was explained to me... No, 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 that's not true. I booked us both an apartment. It said for two people, the apartment, and when I read up on it, it went a couple, because there was only one double bed in there, and then when I realised that, there's no way I'm sharing with you again. (laughs) Um, So so then I booked the apartment... uh, Sorry, booked you have a hotel room no you did you're right actually to clarify that is what happened so i got to my room and i thought this is quite nice this because i think i showed everyone the outside space in inverted commas which was quite funny really which was essentially a concrete padded cell with a little bit of a hole at the top of it that we could get a little bit of sun from but that was pretty horrific the room itself i didn't actually show anyone now i don't know why but that was really quite nice ironically that did have two different beds in it and two different rooms but it was all right it was nice and then when you've come down from your apartment after unpacking that you've come into the 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 hotel room and you said oh this is really nice you sound a bit pissed off about it and I said to you what's what's wrong with yours and you went no no, nothing nothing no it's all right I said it's apartment next it's got to be decent but then you almost started to I don't know I think manipulation's a little bit of a strong word but you definitely tried to sell me on the potential of swapping and I was (laughs) conscious of that and I said, well, come in, let's go and have a look at your apartment then. And the second we've gone in, you're really trying to sell every single aspect of this apartment, right? <laughs> but again, when X posted the video tour of his apartment, again, I don't think he'd done it justice because you had to be there in person because it, I can't explain it. It carried some sort of undertone of tragedy in that apartment. <laughs> and, I, and, and I was buzzing throughout that entire three days. But whenever I was in that apartment, I just naturally felt quite sad. And I'm convinced... <laughs> someone or somebody or a handful of people have been murdered in that apartment. Well, the first strategy I had with that in mind was to go into the kitchen, find the three big meat knives that I, I assumed would be you in there. You actually did and, as well. and put them by the side of my bed just in case. I thought, <laughs> A, for protection for me, and B, that whatever evil forces <laughs> lurking within, they couldn't actually use them. <laughs> On the basement. I mean, it's, it's one of the creepiest fucking places I've ever seen. I don't actually know how you spent... Our, our time there, to be honest. Thankfully, was, um, one of the nights, bad. the last night, I was absolutely battered, so I can't remember oh, it. But, uh, yeah, the, fir- the first night, I think I just hid under the covers and prayed. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, it was it was really good to get settled in. And, and the weather weren't too bad the first day. The second day, which was game day, was absolutely brilliant. But then obviously at night, I mean, we went for something to eat on the Wednesday night. And I think we walked past O'Neill's and we heard all the yeah. West Ham fans in there and we had somewhere to be that night. We'd made plans. And then 10 minutes after we'd left, we're, we're getting all these videos and messages and notifications going, Mark, what the fucking hell's going on here? And then obviously it transpired that Frankfurt were in town and I'd actually been tipped off about this. I think you even said it yourself, X, that yeah. there could be trouble there. And they were fucking gunning with West Ham fans, weren't they? I mean, they was told up and everything and it was um, a bit of a, a sour end to a, a good start to the trip, I think, wasn't it? Yeah, and I mean, I think the police kind of herded them towards West Ham fans, is what I've been told, which is just absolutely ridiculous. I mean, that, to be fair, the German fans started, the West Ham fans weren't doing anything, and then just West Ham stood up for themselves naturally. The German fans absolutely legged it. So, um, yeah, so yeah. they're all fucking mugs anyway. But it um, be interesting if both of us get through and we draw each other. That could be a little bit feisty now. Oh, definitely, yeah. Well, can you imagine if we both made it to the final in Seville? How surreal Jeez. would that be? Yeah. Um, absolutely incredible. But then, like you say, 
are you you were desperate to do this city bus tour. Well, that's and I put that on me. <laughs> no, no, well, no, but it, no, but to be fair, it was your idea. It was something that you wanted de- to do. Desperate's a little bit stronger. <laughs> like I, was, I wasn't absolutely pleading with you. <laughs> so I'm not trying to knock your sort of your your credibility. Yeah, here, I was going to say what you're doing today. <laughs> no, 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 you weren't desperate. You wasn't. You wasn't pleading. I do quote. I do quote that you did say. If you won't come on it, I will go on it by myself. So I'm not did saying I? that's did yeah. I'm not, that? You did. I'm not saying that's creeping into desperation, but you wanted to do it, and I thought, well, do you know what? Yeah, let, let, I, I will do it. And uh, on the Thursday morning, uh, I was hanging really, and I could have done without it because you wanted to kick off quite early. But to be fair to you, we did do it, and it was it was arguably the highlight of the trip. It was brilliant. But what was funny is when we went to the top deck and we put these earphones in for the tour guide and whatnot, everyone else is in coats and scarves. And all we had was shirts and T-shirts, wasn't it? And we were saying, oh, fucking look at this lot. Fucking hell. It's a lovely day. And they're wrapped up like that. But within five minutes of the journey, we were freezing our bollocks off, weren't we? Oh, With the breeze yeah. constantly hitting us. You can spot the West Ham fans out. <laughs> oh, massive. Like, anyone that was in T-shirts <laughs> uh, short, in shorts and pasty, that was that, that was the West Ham fans. And I think, yeah, we got a little bit carried away with the sun because it was absolutely freezing on that desk. But the way I see it as to defend myself a little bit in terms of my <laughs> these geek allegations that have been thrown at me. <laughs> no, <laughs> not at all. No. I am, I am, when we go to, when I go to a city, especially if I'm only there for like you know as what essentially was like a day really completed um, and that included going to the football I liked to, I thought to myself well obviously unless West Ham gets to the final I may not ever come to Seville again so it's a quick way of uh, of, t- of seeing what the city has to offer and it, it is a great city it's a really really um, like it's really good blend between you know being modern and welcoming for tourists but also keeping its traditions of Spain and stuff and yeah it was it was great but yeah that open top bus was a little bit freezing it was also quite funny just like going around the corners on the bus and seeing West Ham fans and just randomly shouting irons so if you uh, were greeted by a, a red open top bus with irons shouting at you that was me and Dave so. <laughs> yeah absolutely and then you'd uh, you'd managed to track down a Domino's championship that was happening in Seville that you really wanted to go to which uh, I was reluctant about but um, I did it for your sake. That was a bit did boring. I, <laughs> I was going to say, I the thing is, I don't, I don't question, I can't, the thing is, I can't actually remember if that's true or not. You know, because I, because I, on, the, on the day of the game, I was absolutely hammered. So anything can have happened really as it, as it, as it did. But, <laughs> no, I'm, I am only joking on that one. I was going to say, I don't remember that bit. <laughs> no, no. But like you, there were certainly patches that I don't remember. But, you know, then it comes well, One to, of mine is the game. I don't remember that very well. No, John. I'm, I'm a little bit like that, to be honest, because we, yeah. we had quite a lot to drink. And um... Well, I made the stupid mistake. Like We did a load of shots and <clears throat> drinks at the hotel before we left. And I made the stupid mistake of thinking, oh, you know, that classic when you are drunk, but you think you're not that common. So well, I'm not actually that drunk. So I decided for the first time in a while, I'd borrowed Dan- a day's ready-made um, con- mm. concoction in the in a taxi, thinking, you know, it's generally going to be Captain's Morgan, Captain Morgan with Coke. And yeah. um, generally, most people would go with, like, I guess a ratio of maybe... 30, 25% Captain Morgan, and then the rest, um, the Coke. But I would say it, that was about 95% Captain Morgan and about 5% Coke. And then I... And then I downed the whole lot, and oh my God, like, so it's the most drunk I've been in a long time, I think. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah. But that was the start of it, wasn't it? The build up to the day and, and getting all excited and speaking to the cab driver who was a Seville fan about his faults. And then just it's silly little things, isn't it? Just having the window open in the cab and having that Spanish air in your face and the sun. It was it was just such a good feeling to be over there. And obviously then we get to the ground. Um, and then you just get you just get the atmosphere hit you, didn't you? And, you know, it's, it's surreal, actually, being in another country and knowing so many people, so mm. many recognisable faces, so many different conversations. And then we took to our seats. I mean, fucking hell, it's been said a lot, actually, and I think people are right. In a way, it's a good job we didn't score, because I don't know how many fucking survivors we'd have. Well, mate, the we were... steepest fucking seats I've ever seen in my life. Well, I've got, it's only like concrete steps, isn't it? With literally like a plastic seat on top yeah, of a concrete yeah, step. Literally. And um, there's nothing to stop you from, like, obviously, if you're in the row behind the one in front, your feet are basically where the stair is in front type thing. With obviously the step, the natural gap of the stair. So even when we walked in, like, we were just literally walking to our seats. And of course, I don't know why clubs do this, but it worked all right. They suddenly decided that it was uh, sit wherever you want. Um, so we went to about the third or fourth row um, behind um, uh, in the upper tier, and as soon as we walked in, about five or six blokes just came falling down, didn't they? Right next proper, to us. yeah, without even the game having kicked off. No. So my my god, honestly, I think if we'd scored a last minute equaliser or whatever, I actually think there'd have been severe injuries. Severe oh, injuries. Fucking hell! Without I literally dread to think. I dread to think. We were at the front, so I think we would have been like literally carnage. Yeah, it would have been. It would have been. Um, but then after the game, and the, and the game, look, we've lost it, but I'm with you. You know, as long as you don't get spanked and you give yourself a competitive chance in the return leg, then it's not it's not a bad result. So everyone was in really good spirits and uh, we we got kept behind a little bit, didn't we? And then we, we got yeah. out. We actually ended up getting back to our hotel about 11, but then we went back out at about half 11. So our night, our night out, out actually started at about half 11 and fuck me. I mean, we got back about four or five and... Uh, well, I was later yeah. than that, mate. I remember when I walked in, it was about four, five, four, five, six when I looked at my phone. Oh, Jesus Christ, I, yeah. I, I haven't done that in a long time. Then I had to get up at like nine o'clock the next oh, morning to get ready. I mate. haven't felt that rough in a while, I'll be fair, without mate, throwing oh. up because I didn't actually throw up. So I felt rough and thrown up. I didn't actually throw up this time. Honestly, mate, it was a big, big, big night. And uh, like you, when I heard that alarm, oh, my God, it was the worst feeling in the world because it was bad enough we had to get up feeling like absolute shit. And it's the worst I've felt in quite a while as well. But we also had to get two flights home and then a cab journey. And I knew I was faced with that. And that was a real fucking struggle coming home. But on reflection, it was just a brilliant few days, wasn't it? Yeah, definitely. I mean, I don't know how it managed to happen, but I went to the toilet and left you. Like we were sort of place markering in the queue to get um, through the checkout. <laughs> I don't know how, but you seem to be passed by two people from behind us in the queue. Do you remember that? Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, do you know what it is? I <laughs> so think I mean, you must have fell asleep on your feet or something. <laughs> yeah, I think I did. I literally no. think I was like sleeping, standing <laughs> up. I was, I was on the bones of my ass at that point. Honestly, it was. Oh, I was one of the worst feelings. It really was. <laughs> and do you know what? I'm actually going to quote you. I don't know if you'll remember this, but you stated at the airport that morning that you think this is the defining moment in your life, and that you might actually have to rein it in a little bit <laughs> and, and, and accept that you're getting older. Do you know what? I did say that. 
I did say that. And I remember the feeling that motivated me to say that. Um, and I think, I, I think I meant it. I think I meant it. I think I have got to rein it in a little uh, bit. I don't because... think you do. I think next away day, <laughs> I think they'll be back on as, a, as per normal. <laughs> I honestly can't see you ever saying no. Yeah. Well, I, I hope so. I've got to now. Cause you know, I, I still think I'm in my mind, like, early 20s and I'm not and that mate the hangovers do not get any easier when you're approaching 40 let me tell you so well, I think so, I've, I mean, I've got to calm in, down a bit I know I'm in my 40s yeah. so think what they feel like for me <laughs> <laughs> but what did you think of the performance overall I know it was a bit of a struggle because in all seriousness we were pissed um, so I won't ask you for a, a real in-depth analysis but the, the biggest talking point I think from our perspective was the chance that Vlasic had have you seen that back I have, yeah. And, you know, it's difficult because he's not known for his heading, of course, and that's not, you know, heading. God, I'll be uh, scoring that, though, excellent. But that's what I'm about to say. He's, he's got to score it, really, and that. And you don't get many opportunities away from home at top teams. And when you get them like that, you've got to take it. And looking back on that, it's disappointing. I don't remember West Ham creating many more chances than that. Um, so it was... Uh, but then I don't remember them, the opposition, having too many either, other than the goal. So it was a solid performance. As I say we, we were massively in this on Thursday we can just get out there from the go just maximum effort you never know you never know I mean look it, it was a great great experience for everyone whether you stayed uh, in Seville for a few days or you just flew out for the day it was a brilliant experience no one can take that away from us and yes it's not the end of the world to have lost one nil but with eight or nine players missing for Seville do you not think it's a bit of an opportunity missed yeah, quite possibly. It, it, it is when you put it in that respect. And, you know, we felt quite confident going into the game that that might affect them. But you have to remember they're second in the Spanish league. You know, they're the team that's won the greatest amounts of Europa leagues in history. You know, I think even if they have nine players out, the, the nine players or whatever that they can bring in are probably of the same standard of what West Ham's squad is. So, yes, it is not great that they're not for them, that they're not at their full strength. But I still think... At the end of the day, if we can knock Seville out, regardless of how many players have had injured or not, it's a really good result. Mm. Well, we didn't have to wait long to see West Ham again, this time back in London against Villa. And that was a big three points, mate, wasn't it? Yeah, very good performance, that. Very good performance. It was the one that was needed. You know, form's been a little bit hit and miss. You know, Villa uh, on that sort of outside group, trying to break into the top group where we are. They've been on form, got some good players. And, yeah, it was a big result, that. You know, a couple of injuries during the game. Having just played on the Thursday as well, I thought the boys did really, really well, especially given the antics that Villa and tactics that Villa decided to start with um, in terms of their play um, acting for injuries and their time wasting. I thought, I thought on the whole, it was a very good performance, and a great result. It was, wasn't it? I can't stand to see that, you know. I mean, you're going to get it in doses from every team, but fucking hell, they were dropping like flies, weren't they? It's, mm. it's ridiculous. Grown men behaving like that. But mm. listen, it was a game that belonged to Yarmolenko, an incredible moment for him. One that was almost written in the stars, to be honest. I know he's had his critics and he's not the most popular player at West Ham, but how pleased were you for him to get on the score sheet? 
Yeah, very, very pleased, mate. I mean, if, if anyone the, in sort of the West Ham squad that you want to score now for sentimental reasons, then it's definitely him. And it was a great goal. You know, I don't think he's got as much credit as people should really give to him for the finish because he, you know, quick touch, quick finish. It's hard oh, to, to do it that quickly. And I thought it was a great goal. I actually thought, aside from that, he played well as well and deservedly won the patron man of the match and the club's man of the match. And I think, I think he, I think he did well. And you know, he, you gotta just hope that he can use this as a platform. Obviously, it's coming in my section, but Antonio is a doubt. If Yarmolenko does start, hopefully he can build upon this. You know, this is a could be a defining moment, not just for him as a player, but his country. Given the circumstances that are going on right now, if he can start banging in some regular goals for West Ham and like take West Ham's success, you know what? A, what a story um, amidst a horrible situation for him and his country for him to be able to do that and i think i think it was a it was a great a great moment for him and you know you can see what it meant to him with the tears and the emotions after the game and what it meant to the other players as well as i've always maintained yarmolenko is a very popular person around the club Mm. um and you can see that by their reaction to him yeah absolutely and that was a phenomenal goal as well i mean if ronaldo would have scored that People will be talking about it for fucking months on end. Yeah. I mean, the way he's controlled that with his right foot, his weaker foot, and then the accuracy and the, and the quickness and the technique behind blasting it home with his left foot, that was a phenomenal goal there. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, typically, despite another win, that still doesn't seem good enough for some people on social media who seem to put their concentrations into being quite negative about Ben Rama. I mean, he's got two assists there. Is, is there any justification in the frustrations towards him? I mean, in the first half, I must admit, I thought he wasn't doing particularly well. There was a couple, one time I particularly remember where Declan played him down the left flank and he went to cross it and he put it out for a goal kick and stuff. And, you know, he is frustrating, but the the criticism he's getting is very, very harsh and very narrow-minded. You know, yes, I still think he can improve his game. I think at times he makes the wrong decisions. I think at times he's frustrating. Um, it takes too long to do certain things. Um, but at the end of the day, the guys came out with two assists from the game. He looks dangerous against Seville. When he came on, There's he is a dangerous player. I don't... You know, people digging him out, but he was more effective than Lanzini, for example, in that game. But no one dug Lanzini out. Um, and I do think there's always has to be certain players at a club that divide opinion with West Ham fans, where some like them and some hate them. We have it all the time. You know, there's the whole stuff with Hilaire. You know, then you get it with Snodgrass. You have it with Cresswell when he wasn't particularly on form. Then Mazaraku gets it. Um, then even before him, you know, Noble being one, Kevin Nolan, Andy Carroll. There's always players that just seem to really divide our fan base like that. And I just... Yes, I you obviously criticise a player. If you don't think they play well, that's your job or your prerogative as a supporter. But those that sort of tag them into things and almost like want them to see it, I never get the logic of that at all. No, I know. And a fair argument for Ben Rama is that he is a player, to his credit, that will at least take risks. He will at least get the ball yeah. and try and be productive with it. You know, it's no good having someone like a Philippe Anderson who psychologically is shot and he'll just get the ball and give it back to the centre of the park. That's no good. You don't want that from your wingers. I'd rather someone was tenacious and had a go and tried to beat their man. Because even if for 85 minutes of a 90-minute game, it's not working out for him. It only takes that split second for it to work out for him. And then you've got an assist or a goal. And he got two assists. So Mm. really and truly, if we're judging strikers by goals, 
we've got to be judging attacking players like Ben Rama for his assists at the forefront. I mean, listen, I will say there is a bit of a concern for me over his level of consistency. I think that is a fair argument, but there's no doubt in his talent. And uh, I think he deserved more credit than he's been given for that win over Villa, to be honest. Mm, yeah, exactly. And, you know, at the end of the day, if you if your winger creates two goals a game, then then you're in a good place, aren't you? Of course regardless you are. Of, regardless of what happens elsewhere, as long as he's not scoring own goals and giving it away all the time, obviously. But if he's creating two chances a game, then it does seem a bit odd for people to come out and criticise him. I agree. First half, he wasn't at his best. But look, the, the depletedness of our squad now means that we can't afford to have players that we are getting on the back of because we don't have any other options at this point. It's not like getting on their back is going to mean that they're dropped and somebody else comes in. The squad is paper thin at the moment and so mm. where you know I thought I thought he did all right against Seville as well when he came with Sevilla when he came on um so I don't know it just seemed a bit harsh to give him this much stick don't get me wrong I don't think he's the finished article and I don't think at this point you know we've got a consistent Premier League performer at this point but he has potential to do so and I think next season will be he'll be even better he's getting better and better and I think he'll be better even more so next season yeah, let's hope so. Uh, well, like you say, Yamalenko was understandably given man of the match. He played really well. Um, so he was given that accolade officially through the club and through Patreon. Taking the emotion out of the occasion and the significance, do you think that was the right decision? Because I think Fab was fantastic. I thought Deck was fantastic as well. And I'll come to Kurt Zomer. Actually, I'll come to him now, right? Because I'm not sure this is right, personally. Um, I saw something online. And it was in relation to Kurt Zuma's stats against Villa. And I, I don't know why I don't believe it. But I don't know if someone's taken a piss or not. Because if this is genuine, then this is just absolutely phenomenal. Apparently, his statistics against Aston Villa, he had 100% pass completion where he attempted 38 passes and successfully delivered, delivered 38. 100% long balls, attempted three, successfully achieved three. 100% aerial duels. Went up for free, won free, and 100% clearances, cleared six successfully. I mean, if that is true, that's that's a man of the match winning performance, that is, in, unquestionably, if it's true. And in terms of his overall consistency, he's up there for Declan, really, is in one of our most consistent players week in, week out, isn't he? Oh, 100%. You know, I think if the whole cat incident hadn't have happened, he would be pushing Declan and Bowen for Hammer of the Year. Um, mm. I think because of that incident, I, I think he'll lose a, lot, a number of votes and therefore won't be in the running. But in terms of actual performances on the pitch, how he's actually dealt with the whole press of the cat thing as well, uh, and um, and he's 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 like consistency are right up there. Like, I mean, <clears throat> another player that I think deserves credit and I cannot believe he gets, again, the amount of stick he gets from West Ham fans is Dawson. Yeah, uh, 100%. Dawson, I thought Dawson played brilliantly. You know, he he was winning challenges, spraying the ball around. The one thing I've criticised Dawson for before is that I felt that he's just hoofs it sometimes and, it, and it's not um, constructive to our attacking play. But obviously he was the main reason for the for the first goal and and I think that and he he's just such a good signing for two million. He's a classic British defender that just does defending at the forefront and then the rest of it comes second. And I, I get very concerned at people criticizing him. And as you said, in a, in Fab to, to speak of Fab, you know, I've been reasonably critical of him over the over the season at times. But I think the last 
maybe month to two months now. I think he's getting back to the form that won him Hammer of the Year two or three years ago. I thought he was really, really good. I haven't seen a replay um, of his saves yet, but I remember oh. him making at least two or three very good saves. And what he's also got much better at recently is commanding his box as well from corners and set plays and so on so i think fabianski i'm really pleased that i hold my hands up i did criticize him earlier in the season but i now believe he is back um to the form that he was showing and i think it, it was boys maybe that said how much a part Fabianski's played in supporting Yarmolenko. And when you hear of that stuff as well, so not just contributing on the pitch, but off the pitch, then you value that person even, even further. And yeah, I think I think he had him and Dawson um, and Zuma were the unsung heroes of that game. And Rice is always that good. You know, you don't, this is the, the reason Rice didn't win Hammer of the Year. If it wasn't fixed last year, which I still believe it was, but if it wasn't, then... <laughs> that's uh, a bit harsh. Honestly, I have my reasons. I can't be bothered to go into them again. But um, I still think it was. But if it wasn't fixed, the reason he didn't win it was because fans just expect 8 out of 10, 9 out of 10 performances from him. And when he does do an 8 as opposed to a 9, people don't think he's as good as he has been. But his consistency is unbelievable. Um, And as Stephen Gerrard said in that interview afterwards, if he ever becomes England manager, he hopes that Declan Rice is available. Um, You know, you can't underestimate how good he is. And that result against Villa was arguably, arguably one of the most impressive ones of the season. Because yes, they're not top top team in the table um like liverpool when we beat them but it was on the back of a difficult trip to europe with injuries not been on the best form and so on and aside from that goal that they scored they weren't really in it at all um, and i thought we played really really well so that positivity now going into thursday is also crucial i think you're spot on in everything you said there i think craig dawson when you talk about some of the best signings the premier league has seen in terms of your value for money what he's given us in return for what we paid for him is just incredible, you know, and, and I'd challenge to anyone really to provide me with a, a decent list of players that, that can compete with that when it comes to value for money. I think he's been brilliant. I think Ben Johnson, I think rightfully he's keeping his place. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think he's, he's a great, great little player, Ben. Um, and obviously one person that we haven't mentioned we have to because he scored the goal was full nails. You know, there's nothing mm. better than seeing a smile from Pablo when he scores. And yeah, it was just brilliant. But you know what, X, we often on this show talk about putting things into perspective. And really and truly, when you think about it, we're not experienced in European competitions. Our squad is thin. We are playing in the best league in world football. It's incredible, really, how much playing in Europe hasn't affected our season. I think that's actually quite incredible because we've seen we've seen that competition be so detrimental to so many other clubs hasn't really affected us that badly, is it? Which is impressive. No, exactly. I don't think it has. And I think it was important that we won the group when we did um, so that we then yeah. got a bye in the last round, which took a bit of pressure off the amount of games in terms of the Europa League. But I think it's because as well, West Ham fans are so you know, desperate for success, particularly after we moved to the new stadium where, you know, that is what we were promised as a as a consequence of moving to the new stadium or as a result of moving to the new stadium, should I say. Um, and we haven't had it. We've had four years, three years maybe of poor seasons. I think West Ham fans are so appreciative that we're in Europe and that we're competing in Europe and competing on all other fronts in domestic competition as well, that that positivity and that, 
like feel good factor gives um the players and the club momentum and that they thrive off it as well you know you can see that the west ham players really enjoy playing in europe even those that are probably going to move on or have played in it previously seem to be really buzzing because they can see that the fans are and they realize how much it means to us and i think that's also important because when other teams have been in the europa league Aside from maybe the likes of Leicester, although Leicester have experience in the Champions League, so I guess comparatively it's not as good. But aside from maybe them, there's not many clubs that have been in the Europa League that are like West Ham. You know, it's the same teams every year generally that fall into it. And Manchester United have been in it a lot recently. Arsenal have been in it, Tottenham and so on. And so for us, it's like a real rarity and a positive rarity. And I think everything around the club is just picking up on that. And I really expect there to be an amazing atmosphere on Thursday. I really do. Mm, well, talking about Thursday, I mean, you've already said that, what well, we both said, that we're still in this competition, which is the most important thing at this stage. But how do you genuinely feel about Thursday? Are you confident? I don't think confidence is the right word. That's probably too strong, but I really think we could go out there and give them a good game. I think with the crowd behind them, the club have got plans of how they're going to generate an atmosphere, which I'll cover in my section. Um, and I, think with, I, I honestly think this could be potentially one of the best atmospheres that we've experienced at the stadium and experienced in our history, or certainly for our, our, a long while anyway. If we could get that atmosphere right, a 2-0 win, is not beyond the realms of possibility. You know, we've got to defend well. We cannot let them score. But a 2-0 win, yes, we're likely to have injuries. You know, it's not confirmed whether Antonio is going to be able to play. There'll probably be, almost certainly be, no Gerard Bowen. So you're missing your two most um, attack-minded players. But, as I said, if Yarmolenko, if he starts, what more of a perfect setting for him? You get it. You've got to sit him down beforehand and man-manage him really well and just say, look, you scored that goal last week look how much it meant to you and the fans and the players and the world generally because it's been very well covered imagine what you could do tonight you know and just really try and get him on top of his game and you know his time at West Ham will not if it ends tomorrow will not be remembered positively you know a high wage a big transfer fee didn't really perform very often for West Ham one or two good games but very very few of them if he starts to score important, another important goals and gets us through to the next round of the Europa League, he's going to start to justify or at least certainly um, turn some of the West Ham fans' feelings towards him. So for me, you've got to get out, get into his head and really encourage him to try and do that. Mm, definitely. And he's, listen, he's shown great bravery. I don't know where he is psychologically with all of this. I can't begin to imagine where he is. And the bravery that he showed against Villa for being available and then putting the performance he did was was inspirational, really. And I, I, I'm not exaggerating when I say that. But then on the plus side with, with Yarms is, I think he's probably more, well, definitely more suited to European opposition anyway. So if you're going to rely on him at any point, it probably would be in this type of competition as opposed to the Premier League. So it's not all doom and gloom if he can bring his A game, you know. Um, but it's, it's definitely going to be a tough game. There's no two ways about that. Well, Europe is a, is traditionally a slower um, game, particularly mm. in your, your countries like Spain and Italy. So you're right, Yarmolenko should should be more suited to playing the likes of um, a Spanish team as opposed to a, a more high-paced English team. So if Antonio doesn't make the game on Thursday, and as I said, it's 50-50, I believe he trained today, but they're monitoring him very closely, um, then I, I'm not... 
that disappointed that Yarmolenko will be starting. I don't like you know if he'd said this to me two or three months ago, I'd have been absolutely gutted. But given the fact that Antonio hasn't you know other than the goal against Southampton hasn't really done a great deal um, recently, and Yarmolenko has just scored a very good goal. I'm not, I'd almost, almost be tempted to say, even if Antonio's fit, I'd start with Yarmolenko. Mm, wow. Okay. Yeah, that's a big statement. Um, but time will tell. I mean, let's hope so. Let's keep everything crossed because it is one of the biggest games in our recent history. There's no two ways about that. I don't know where Seville stand on their available players. Do you? Do you know if those eight or nine players will still be a struggle for Thursday or you're not sure? Basically, I just seen a tweet as we came onto air that they have got some players back, um, but they've which include um, uh, they've got a number of the missing, but but um, Ratic, um, the ex Barcelona player Fernando and Martial, obviously in Man United, are back in the squad, and they're still missing a number of players. But you know, reading through their team, there, you know, they've got Ratic, they've got Munir, um, Rafa Mir, uh, El N Nesri, Jesus Navas, you know, Kunde, Martial, Delaney. There's a lot of top players, um, mm. that are available for them, and you know, they are second in the Spanish league. You know, they're ahead of Barcelona, and I know that Barcelona's season has not been um, to the standards that we all expect from Barcelona. However, um, you know, it, it basically tells you all you need to know about them, that they are a top team. You know, they're only only um, they're five points ahead of Barcelona. You know, they're, they're five points above um, Atletico Madrid. You know, the only mm. team above them is um, Real Madrid. So, you know, they are a good, good team. And, you know, you look at their players there. Martial, we all know how dangerous he is. Jesus Navas has been a consistent Premier League player. Um, Kunde, Chelsea were desperate to sign him when they when Chelsea were the old Chelsea and could actually <laughs> sign people. Um, and, you know, there's a lot of talent in their squad. El Nesri, or El Nesri is the, the forward that we were heavily linked with and wanted to sign. So they, there's talent throughout their team. Um, that said, I still think we've got a good chance in this game. Yeah, we're in it. You've got to be in it to win it, that's for sure. I mean, in terms of away days, it's probably one of the best ties we could have got. But in terms of quality opposition, it's probably one of the worst. So, you know, if we do go out Thursday, and please God we don't, but if we do, there'll be no shame in losing to them, that's for sure. But let's hope that we can dig deep and uh, and get something because it'd be incredible to progress in this competition, that's for sure. Right, it's that time again. To listen to the rest of this podcast, you need to be a patron of the West Ham Way. Becoming a patron couldn't be easier. Just visit www.patreon, that's P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com forward slash the West Ham Way and confirm your subscription to get full access to the West Ham Way podcast, our second weekly show called the West Ham Way podcast, Extra Time, classic clips of audio and video interviews, exclusive news from X, match day team news before anyone else, an exclusive forum, live Q&As with myself and X, monthly prize draws, discounts on events and merchandise and behind the scenes content, all of which for just £5 a month. It's Macy's Labor Day sale, so gear up as summer cools down with 30% off timeless looks from Levi's and specials like 30 to 50% off statement making shoes for her and 60% off luggage from Samsonite and more. Or use your coupon or Macy's card and get an extra 20% off more great deals. 
Plus, Star Rewards members can earn rewards even faster during Macy's Star Money bonus days. Going on now. Savings off regular sale and clearance prices. Exclusions apply. New message. What up, what up? It's Heather's cousin. You dated her in college, or maybe you were just in the same class. Anyway, I heard you bought a boat, my man. Let's hit the water. Oh, and Heather told me you always liked uh, snacks and stuff, so I could totally bring some chips. When you get a boat, you also get new friends. Make sure Progressive's one of them, and get coverage today for as little as $100 a year. Hey, also, I'm a little short on cash, so can you cover the chips? Thanks. I can see why Heather liked you. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Annual premium for basic liability policy not available in all states. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.